Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. About the deity of God, how how um, other people are worshiping him as a priest, as the as God of who he, God being God Himself. And we discovered that the third one, which is man, is, is something that they used to embalm dead people. So he's talking about that he is the sacrifice. And we're saying that if you want to worship God and you're not worshiping him in these three dimensions together, you're not worshiping Jesus. If Jesus is not, is not, is not, is not the king of your life, if Jesus is not, is not the priest that is the God over your life, if he's not the one that has died for you, that you're taking his death as, then you are not worshipping God. You can worship any other person, but you're not worshipping definitely not Jesus. So we would also be looking even further into kingdom worship. Into kingdom worship. You know, David said it himself, and that's what we're working. It's important that maybe we start off from there. David said it himself that in Psalm 47 or 7, we have quoted this over and over again. If you read the King James Version, he said, the King James Version says that God is the God of all the hearts, singing praises with understanding. So Psalm 147 verse 7 says, sing God praise with understanding. That means that you can sing God praises without understanding it. Without understanding it. So when we say kingdom worship, what are we talking about? When you talk about kingdom worship, what are you talking about? It's important that you know when you look at the word kingdom, that means you're talking about a king and his dominion. That's what kingdom is. Kingdom is a king and his dominion. And you know, it is Christmas period, and it's important that we do, we, we also look at it because Isaiah says that of, of his kingdom, of his government, shall know no end. So when we are looking at Jesus, it's important that we are looking at the question that when God is talking, what does God mean when he talks about kingdom? But we would, we would go further and we'll have a look at it this way. I will start from Genesis chapter chapter 1, verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the seas, and over the birds of the hair, and over all the heart, and every creeping thing upon the heart. Now, when God created man, God said they are going to rule, they are going to have dominion over everything across the world. So they are going to be ruling the whole heart. But it, what is interesting to me is that the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 that when God created Adam, he put him in Eden. 
And the question is, how can he rule the whole heart from one location? Does that make sense? Because if God said, Adam is going to be controlling the whole heart, and yet God puts him in one location, the question will be, how is he controlling the whole heart if he's restricted to one location? Does this make sense? In fact, we discover that Adam is not even restricted to one location, Eden alone. Even in Eden, the Bible says that Adam was restricted to an, a, a part of Eden. So even the whole Eden itself, Adam was not everywhere. The Bible calls it, you will see it in Genesis 3.24, is that, that just a couple of sides after that. The Bible says that, and so the Lord drove man out of out of the place and, and placed the cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden. So Adam was not even the whole Garden of Eden. He was even, even restricted to the east. So the question is, how can Adam control the whole heart from the east part of, of, of Eden? Amen. You know, at times, this is this is one of the things that I have also learned and we'll talk more about. At times, people want to do everything in order to get control of everything. But Jesus told um, Jesus told Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 to 42. He said, and Jesus answered. And said, Matter, matter, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. And you will not be taken away from her. So God was saying, you see, you are thinking that the more you stretch yourself is, is how much you can get control of things. But what you need is one thing. If you've noticed about very successful people, they have a very narrow business that they're doing. You can be doing things by the side, but they have one major business they're doing. They can invest in, like Coca-Cola now, can invest in football, they can invest in drinks, like uh, lots of bottles, or other, other, you know, you have Coca-Cola that holds other ever water, I think. They're the one that do ever and things like that, and those kind of stuff. You can do all those kind of sites, side, but they have their core values. When you want to know a man that is not successful, they're doing everything. It's everything that they want to do. But most of the time, no matter what they are doing, no matter anything that comes their way, they can invest their time in something else, but they know that this is the core 
This is the reason, this is what we are doing. I was watching Trevor Noah, I don't know if everybody know, knows him. He's on kind of Central, um, Comedy Central. I think it's like that. He, 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 was, he was interviewing um, Lewis Hamilton. And Lewis Hamilton had done, done a sign up with um, this guy, I've forgotten his clothing line. He's a very popular, he just misses my. He's um, a very Italian guy, like this, um, the clothing line, I've forgotten. But basically, he's, uh, I think he's, I don't know, I think he's, he, I don't know, one of these brands, major brands. And what I'm trying to say is that he has, he has, he's learning there and he's, dying, he's, he's investing in there. He's, he's selling, um, he said he went to Dubai, he went to some of that. It was sold out. The fashion shows were sold out of his brand. But he will not know because he's selling out. Now say that I'm going to leave the track. And now go and invest myself. Into something because he's selling. Because he knows that the reason why the shows are selling is because of his track. Ronaldo has different kind of brand things he's, he's venturing into. He sells perfume, he sells undies, he sells all sorts of things. But he knows that what, why, what everything relies on is what he does on the pitch. The day he begins to misbehave on the pitch, every other thing begins to fall down. But what you see, another man will say, ah, what business are you doing this year? You are selling coconut. Okay. What are you doing next year? Ah, we are doing this. So what I'm trying to say is that Jesus was basically saying to us, you, you are concerned about so many things. But one thing is important. The Bible says in, in Psalm 27 verse 4, it says, David was saying, one thing I desire. Now, this is a very busy king. A man that has every, that has so many things going on. But he said, one thing I desire, that I will seek, I will seek your face, and I will dwell in your house all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. David is saying that I just want to see God's face. I know that when I am in his presence. When I am in his presence. Everything is sorted out. I have noticed a pattern in the life, life of Jesus. And it's interesting that you know that when the disciples were following Jesus. Do you know they never asked Jesus. Teach us how to teach the Bible. They never asked Jesus, teach us how to perform miracles. But they only asked him one thing, teach us how to pray. Why? Because when they saw him early in the morning, before he went out, so they understood that that one thing that Jesus was doing in that place became the powerhouse for every other thing that you see him do. And they were very wise to say, sir, you know, we notice that this is where everything is coming from. And then he said, see, one thing, if you ask me, what is the one thing that I desire? I want 
to be in his presence. And what did one thing Adam lose? Adam was chased out of the presence of God. Genesis 2.24 Adam was chased out of the presence of God. So one thing that David said, this is the thing that I need to key into. I don't need every other thing. This is the thing that I need to key into. And that was the same thing that Adam lost. In fact, David put it in a better way. David said in Psalm 8, David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? So basically what he's saying is that human, man as a person is, is what nothing. He said, but you, that you have visited him. He said, for you have made him little lower than angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Because you have crowned him with glory and honor, verse 6 says, you have made everything under his dominion. You have, have, you, you, you have made him to have dominion over everything. So he's saying that the only reason why a man has authority, the only reason why Adam was able to stand in the east side of the garden and have dominion over everything not, was not because he could literally walk across everywhere, but because he was in the presence of God. Does that make sense? I was listening to a pastor who God has helped him to kind of you know, raise people. And you know, there's a, a, a man that he has raised, and uh, he mentioned the man, I've forgotten the man's name, but it's one of his um, tech, tech gurus, I think it's like one of the CEOs of his major companies. And the man, he said, everybody knows that man. You do not, no matter what is happening, you don't call his phone on Thursday. Because Thursday is a day for God. He has his own so um, Yach goes into the Ormond Sea and is there for a whole day before God. No matter what you are saying you are bringing, it doesn't care. That day is marked out. He said they know it in his company. You do not talk to him anything on that day because he will not respond. Why is he doing that? Because he knows what the source is. He knows what the source is. And David was saying, now please, take note of David saying, why, why man seems to be in control? It's because you have given him glory and honor. So when we now see, and I will, when we now see, and I'll explain to you why God forbids people worshiping idols. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 18. It says, as we as, uh, uh, but we all with unveiled faces behold him as in a mirror the glory of the Lord so it says that as we are looking at his glory we are also being changed from glory to glory so that means that when I want to move from glory to glory I just need to have access 
to the presence, to be able to behold him in his glory. That is why God forbids people from worshiping idols. Because what you worship is what you become. Psalm 115, 7, 7 and 8. It says, They have hands, but they do not handle. They have feet, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Now, verse 8. Those who make them are like them. The reason why you worship God is that when you worship him, you become more like him. Whatever you worship is what you become. Does that make sense? That's why God forbids people to worship anything lower because you only become like him. So, if you are worshiping something lower, you are and you are created in the image of something greater, you substitute your glory for a lesser one. That's what the Bible says. Those who make them eventually become like them. May God help us in Jesus' name. Now, I think I need to, or maybe let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added to you. Now, so the question is, what is a kingdom? Most people read this thing that Jesus is talking about, and people have no understanding of what exactly it means about the kingdom. Now, if you look at kingdom itself, it's divided into two words: king and dominion. So the king has his dominion. Because Jesus also said to us in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, he said, Luke chapter 12, verse he said in 32, he said, Do not fear you little flock, for it is the good or pleasure of your father to give you the kingdom. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God. Then he's not saying that, you know what? God will also give you a kingdom. What is a kingdom? Kingdom is king and his dominion. One of the greatest challenges we have is that people are brought up in a democratic environment and they want to serve a king. It's not difficult. Let me give you two differences out of any other one. Let me just give you two quick differences of a kingdom and a republic. In a kingdom and in a republic, they have two things in common. Constitution. These are the rules. In a republic, every constitution you read, the first line in that 
um, in their constitution says, we the people have agreed. That any constitution that you see, Nigerian constitution, French constitution, when you read it, the first statement in there, we the people have agreed. So that means in a republic, everybody's opinion counts. But in a kingdom, the king makes the rules. It is not the other way. So the problem is that when people now come into God's kingdom and say, ah, you know, I am now in the kingdom of God, and they, they think that, you know, you can give, it doesn't, that's why Jesus kept saying, I am, I am giving you a kingdom. Kingdom is totally different from a republic. Does this make sense? There is one word that is good in a republic that is loved in a democratic environment, but it is hated with passion in a kingdom setting. Do you know what that word is? Independent. Any republic that you see, they always celebrate the idea of independence. But in a kingdom, if you talk about independence, <laughs> it is classified as treason. That's why Jesus will tell, this is what I'm preaching. I'm preaching kingdom. I'm not preaching a democratic environment. Does that make sense? So, and see, let me also say it to you. That's why the Bible says that God loves delights in the pleasure, in, in the prosperity of the servants. What how does a king boast of their wealth is how their citizens are, are living large. That's how that's how they that's that is how a king a king flaunts. That's why Jesus said that when you pray and you receive so that my father may be glorified. He said you will be glorified. He said my father will be glorified. So when God sees, when God is interested, more than you think you, you, I own, you, you yourself are interested in your own success than the other one. And if we pray as if God is like, ah, no, I can never allow you to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> say God, ah, Baba, hey, God, please, ah, I'm say, it doesn't work that way. Why do we say that? Is that because we are being brought up by a republic? Because in a republic, the higher you shout, the more you get attention. It's the truth. We are, we, are, we are in the midst of Brexit now. Everybody will go to the streets. Carry placard, the more you can shout. The more you can, because, because politicians will always flow towards who can shout loudest. If you can't shout and you have no voice, politicians will write. <laughs> it is everywhere. But those that can shout, you say, I know this one's a little. I'm a Kobawa. And you can see. And see, it is good. That God runs a kingdom and not a republic. 
I'll tell you that why I don't remember. In a, a republic, when a president makes a rule, he has he can be challenged by the parliament. So he has to go and consult before he makes a final decision. But when God says, this is what I'm going to do for you, he does not need to go and consult with angels or anybody. He, whatever he says is what he does. Take care of him. You might think God is going to forgive you. Because, okay, let us ask everybody in your family. Let us see, should we, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Okay, let us vote. Whoever has the highest vote will win. See, at times we want God to do something that is actually in his own interest. For sorry, your own interest, he doesn't do that. People compare, you know, our God is very rigid. The Bible says that, please, can you, can you imagine if you are serving a God that is not constant? How will it be if this world is controlled by God that is not constant? That you cannot have a principle that you can follow by. You wake up one morning and say, I don't feel like taking out the sun. I don't want them to have sun today. Or you can wake up one morning and say, okay, all of you be walking with your head. Because that's the way he feels. But God doesn't walk that way. A king, when a king operates, the problem about kingdoms is that once a king talks, no matter what happens, they themselves cannot reverse it. That's why the, the, the Bible says he has placed his word above his name. God help us in Jesus' name. So when we understand that, and when we, 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 we now understand that, you know, when you are talking about kingdom worship, you are, it is, everything is pointed to one person. It is not, kingdom worship does not have a part of entertainment in it. The kingdom worship is only directed at one person. That is why it is, it is because people lack understanding. That's why I started with that Psalm 47, verse 7. When you have people singing and people spraying people money, who are you spraying money? Is it? Is it? See, that is why at times people don't know what comes out of the altar. When I'm in the altar, I see the reaction of God to what is going on. So people say, ah. I have done this. I you know I spread money all of a sudden. My finances is becoming an issue. And things like why? Because you you are directing. See, when the queen is about to enter a place, every eye is on her. When you are giving the king of kings worship, that is why you see in the Bible everybody bows down. Nobody stands up. But now you now see worship is going on. And God, the presence of God is filling a place. You can imagine angels are paying attention because he's about to step in. And the Bible talks about, that Genesis, about angels that carry swords. That is why the Bible says 
the worst place to meet God is in praise. The Bible says he is fearful mm. in praise. It didn't say he is loving in praises. The Bible says God is fearful in praises. That's why when you see the days of the battles in the Bible is always done in the place of praise. Mm. I was talking to a couple recently. Their son passed away. And he said that, you know, um, their son has, and things, and, and the father said, I saw him and he was gone. Said in the hospital, so he said, I asked them to give me a room. And because he has been taught on how praise operates, he began to dance. He said, I danced for over four, four hours. The doctor came to come and call me. Your boy is back. Mm. What I'm saying to you is that, see, it is because of lack of understanding. And the problem is now that when, can you imagine how when angels are on guard, you now come out with your own five dollars. And you now begin to show five dollars. <laughs> Do you understand? That is the problem. Let me give you another. Uh, sorry, just just because of, of my time. Is that Ananias and Sapphira? It was about offering. When they took that offering and they gave some, and Peter was still talking to them, I said, ah, why are you lying before the Holy Spirit? Why are you doing The Bible says the Holy Spirit came and struck them there. Why? Because it's when, see, there are some times where you can have conversation. But there are some times where conversation is just... Let me tell you, Monty, the only part in the Bible you would see that Jesus came out in rage was when he went to the temple. That was not the first time he was going to the temple. So what was different? That time was when they gave him worship as God. When he was going to lay their palm front, I think, and he was going into the temple as God fired up with worship. So by the time he got there, the Jesus that they normally say, ah, you know, this boy is a good boy, this boy is a fine boy, you know, our God is, our God is good, our God is wonderful, oh, God is just, you know, it's just marvelous, you know, our God is a cool God. When they saw him on that day, he pulled out a rock and chased them out. Why? Because God was entering on the praises of his people. I beg you by the message of God. <laughs> Don't try such rubbish. It's better you hit with your five dollar and you know that your life is safe than to come and start spraying people. When God is about, when, when, when God is about to receive His offering, may God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you have, you have, you. That is how worship is. And the Bible says that. That's why the Bible calls God 
the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Because you have your dominion. And as you worship him, it, your whole dominion is also expanding. Does that make sense? So God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how do we enter the gates? Because at the end of the day, when the presence is blocked because the children were put there. I know that there are some people trying to look for where he hidden was. And there's a lot of uh, people making all sorts of um, conspiracy stuff and things like that. I would say this. Let's just, okay, let's just look at it this way. Psalm 100 verse 4 says that you would enter into his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. The access to God is always found in thanksgiving and in praise. Please notice that the Bible calls the gates praise. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 says that violence shall no longer be heard on your land, neither the waste destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. That's why when David was talking, David said, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his gates with praise. I think I should just do a brief conversation around just point a couple of things for us. What is what worship is different from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is different from praise. That's why we never say Bible put everything together. When you worship God, you acknowledge his holiness. When you praise God, you acknowledge his greatness. When you do thanksgiving, you acknowledge his goodness. Worship is acknowledging his holiness. Praise is acknowledging his greatness. Thanksgiving is acknowledging his goodness. If you are struggling in any way, sorry, can I have this? This too is in, it doesn't rely on you. Whether you eat the money, you eat the money. God is, 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 is only a His greatness is forever. You may say, God, you are not good enough. But that's also lack of understanding anyway. But these three, that is why it is a commandment. It is not, it is not, there is no, the Bible says that there is no part where you see, where the Bible says, you know, only thank God when, when, you are, when you are enjoying, when you are enjoying life. It says in all circumstances. No, let me just point out, I think this will help us appreciate our, our style of worship. Is that, see, when you are talking about worship, Worship is normally in the Bible expressed in form. I did not say that's what it is. Please follow my 
a bit of my English. Uh, is expressed in form. Why do I say that? Is because uh, somebody who, are, who, who can prostrate and before God, they are not really prostrating, they are just. You get what I'm trying to say? So, the Bible says here that. Let me just point out a couple of things to you. Matthew chapter. I'm going to read two different versions. The Bible says, Matthew 15, 25, NIV, it says, the, the woman came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. She came and knelt before him. Go to the, um, NLT. The Bible says, the, but she came and worshipped him. So he's talking about worship as a form of posture. Does that make sense? That is why when you are in the fold, they can tell you, hey, I don't know what English I can use. Yira. To roll before God. Yeah. Or to bow down before him. God, they will say, God is in this temple. Let everybody bow down. You will see it again. If you see, let's let's even go a bit further. I'll just bring out the three for us. Now, David said, sorry, first Chronicles chapter 29, verse 20. Said that David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they praised the Lord of their fathers. And they bow down. So praise is an expression. So they now bow down prostrate themselves before the Lord and the King. Please take note of this. Prostrate and bow down. Let's see how King James put it. The, the King James puts that same version as they bow down their heads and worship. So most of the time, even when they call the, the beginning of the Sabbath and they say, let everybody go on their knees, worship has begun. Because as at that time, you are expressing to God that, you know, we are here to worship you. Like I said, different folds may have different directions. Some people will choose to raise their hands, but it is an expression of surrender. That's why you see them in, in the Bible. When you see worship, you see different people kneeling down, bowing their heads, prostrating before God. Because that is the way you worship kings. That is why when you go to the Queen of England, you bow before her. That's why when Jesus was saying, what I am asking you to do is king. I am preaching a kingdom to you. Things are, you know, some things are just, oh, how can we bow in that? No, it's I understand that there are people who deal with that knowledge. But kingdom worship is a form of expression. 
is a form of expression. God help us in Jesus' name. So, I would say this to us as we bring this to one's end. Is that what happens in the place of praise is that you, God comes in partnership with his people. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. There are so many benefits around, around, around praise. You know, there's a reason why they call Jesus the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah means praise. And it's also right because the Bible says that God is fearful in praises. When you see a lion, you will be fearful. What I want to say is that, I'll just anchor on that part, is that when you worship the king of kings, you stand in your own position also as king, and you have dominion to be able to do whatever God pleases you to do. I'll give you an example through the Bible, and I want you to just follow this carefully. Please, God help us in Jesus' name. John chapter 5. Now, this is Jesus talking. Verse 25 says, Very, very I say unto you, the hour is coming, when and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Please notice what Jesus said here. Those that are dead, would hear the voice of what? The Son of God. And they shall live. At this part, Jesus is talking as in the resurrected body. When he standing as God himself. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Okay, let's read on for that. And I'll ask you the question. Why do you think that Jesus swapped this? He says, verse 26. He said, for as the Father has life in himself, so has he given life to the Son, to have life in himself, and that he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Why did Jesus use in verse 25 Son of God and use in verse 26 or 27 Son of Man? Is it because he ran out of English? <laughs> because he's saying that my dominion, what I am exercising on heart, I'm exercising it as a human being. God has given me this power. And because I am under his authority, I have the authority over anything that comes across me. So Jesus 
Jesus said, he has given the judge, he has given him authority to execute judgment upon everything. If you go back to that Genesis that we opened with, what did God say? He said, let us create man in our own image and let, let them have authority. Do you know what God did not say? Let, let us create man in our own image and let us have authority. He said, let them. What does that do? He excludes him out of the equation. But you cannot function in where he has called you if you will not bow down to his own kingdom. Does this make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. So, when we express our worship before God, understanding who he is, we are able to also extend our whole dominion, execute things as God gives us the grace. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me just show you one scripture as we go. Psalm 145, I believe. Sorry, um, 149, sorry. Psalm 149, verse 6. It says, verse 6 says, May the praise of God be in their mouth and the double-edged sword to be in their hand. Verse 7 says, To execute vengeance on the nations. On that version would say, to execute judgment on the nations. What did he say you should have? Praise in your mouth and two-edged sword. What did the Bible call two-edged sword? The word of God. What does the word of God gives you? Understanding of who God is. That's why David said, praise him with understanding. Because when praise becomes in our mouths and with guarded with the understanding of the scriptures, judgment is executed within, within those places. Deliverance comes into those sessions. That is why you would see that, you know, when God, when praise gets to a point, that is what happened in, 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 in the prison yard when uh, Paul and Silas were singing. They were singing with understanding because they knew who they were worshipping. And as a result of that, the king himself entered the place. 
One thing I will help believe to you is that in kingdom worship, everybody knows that nobody is permitted to take worship except him. That is why you see in the Bible when somebody bows down before an angel, they say, no, stand up. Why? <laughs> Don't get me trouble. It is forbidden for us to take worship from people. The worship must only go to him. Why was the devil cast out? Because he wanted to take worship. God can give, you can take anything. But one thing an angel, a human being, nothing created is permitted to take his worship. When you see most of the time, when an offering is given in the Bible, the Bible never say an angel came down, God himself. Because they know that once it is prepared, you have no authority to attend to it. It is only him that sanctions it. And when we understand that, you would see your praise and your worship in a new dimension. That the one that you are giving to is a king. functions, I mean um, government functions. When they want to drink a wine, they raise it up and they say to the queen. Even though the queen is in England. That's what Jesus was saying. Please can I, I know my time is. I just think that I can hand on, on this. I believe that God does not totally honor a praise until it is done accurately. Why I'm saying that is two things. Malachi said that when they gave God offering, he said, go and give it to your government and see what they will say. But also when Jesus was about to be given to this world, because we are talking about Christmas, and I think it's important, Israel was ruled by the Roman Empire. The Bible said that Jesus came at the fullness of time. What was the fullness of time? Before the Roman Empire took over and ruled Israel, everybody has been ruling Israel, Egypt and the rest, Babylon, they take Israel and they take them to their place. But when the Roman Empire came, they left Israel in their place and Caesar sat in Rome. So what 
Caesar did was that he had a small government in that place that colonized the place. It's interesting to me that was what Jesus, God, saw and he said, it's time for my son to come. Why? Because the people will understand that although Caesar is sitting in Rome, his rules operate here. Although God is in heaven, he has sent his own son to come and start to colonize that environment. Because when Caesar is sending his emperor, he sent somebody to come and sit in Israel. That was why in those days when they took Jesus, they did not take him to Caesar, they took him to the emperor, which was the representative of Caesar on that place. So God was looking at the perfect time. Everything could be set so that he can send his son so that the world will understand what he's doing. Why am I saying all of that? Again, by the way, that's why Jesus, when he told his twelve, they did not choose anyone to be a prophet. He called them apostles. Apostles was never a, a spiritual word. It was what, when Romans, when they want to go and create another colony, they send people out, they call them the apostolates. That is like a sheep that is being sent. So when he said, I am sending you out as an apostle, he said, look at how the Romans send out their sheep. And an apostle goes with that ship. You know, in that ship, when the, the Roman Empire wants to go to a new place, they send an apostle with a crew. What is the crew? They send teachers there to go and teach them the Roman language. They send somebody there to spread the news of the new government. That's what you call an evangelist. Then they bring them in and they cater for them. They look after their well-being. That, that is what the pastor does. And the prophet gives direction. They are like, they are the ones that, you know, when they go on the field, they can sense the area. And say, you know, this, this and this is what we need to do. So when God sent them out, he had a kingdom mentality in his mind that this is what I want them to become. We are doing the worship of a king. And I think it's important that we worship him for him. We come honor our worship for Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.